Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with Drag Queen Ambassador to the Treasure Coast, my friend, Salma Love. How you doing today, babe? Hi, everyone. Hi, baby. I'm doing amazing over here at home, chilling. Great. On my room. In Salma's room, actually. Work. So, I mean, before we start with the questions, like, not many people obviously like know our story of like how we met mm -hmm. because the craziest thing was we actually met at a time like granted i've never really performed around here but like we met in west palm beach and it was like it took me leaving this area to find somebody who was here <laughs> i know that day i was very surprised because you know it was a bunch of girls bunch of performers yeah. And then I always like to talk to everyone and then ask them, where are you from? Are you from here? And when you say Stuart, and I was like, what? Shut up. <laughs> and it was amazing because since then, then we, we've been keeping touch. It's yeah. not a lot of people in Stuart that are, you know, performers. Everything is kind of Port St. Lucie, Palm Beach. Well, yeah, because you got the, um, the, two, the two houses of which I am part of neither because as i say some people well maybe i should have taken a drag mother like some people need it i've been good in my own lane like <laughs> not having one <laughs> i actually i'm not of either of those houses anymore or uh i don't or have a drag mother now i am salma love and that's it <laughs> okay it, it, it happened a, a a month ago or so it just happened it, it's like i say uh sometimes people need to part ways separate ways right for the good of both of those persons and or people in general so and i'm going through so much shit right now that being like you say being by yourself and and this track is a little less stressful <laughs> Well, okay, I will say this. I'm not I'm not going to say who, but I'm going to say I heard from somebody that your former drag mother has a tendency to estrange some of her drag daughters, including her most famous drag daughter, winner of All Stars Four, Trinity the Tuck. <laughs> Like I say, everybody is yes. very special, and they have their personalities. And and my point of view on 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 drag now, because I only been doing drag for six years, so it's like I'm still learning how this whole drag family, drag sister, drag friends, it works. And one thing I'm gonna tell you is a lot of drama, bitch. <laughs> it's a lot of drama and stress if you get involved in it. Yeah, and I'm not like that. So when I no. see drama, when I see some kind of whatever, I don't, I'm not that bitch that I'm like, oh, fuck you up. No, I'd be like, distance myself for a little bit and then think about the situation and then what good it comes with this relationship. Right. And sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> totally. As I said, we'll circle back around to that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So... So, I know you're originally from Mexico, but where are you originally from in Mexico? Okay, the name of the city is called Nuevo Laredo. 
and the state is Tamaulipas. And it's literally, if you know where Loretta, Texas is, you cross the bridge and that's where I used to live. So basically right on the border with Texas. Wow. Yeah. I lived there until I was 18 years old. So I, I did my school. I did everything over there. And then we were kind of not forced to move, but the situation was dangerous that we, my mother had to grab her kids and, and leave. Damn. Wow. Yeah. It was mostly like, uh, you know, domestic abuse, um, and it, it, that it, it was very bad, 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 bad. So yeah. my mother decided for her kids and grab us and her family, um, help her out. And that's how we uh, came to America. Work. So what was it like growing up for you as a kid in Mexico? And Mexico was actually, um, besides the whole abuse and the family and the house, right. my, my place of, uh, that I feel safe all the time, it was in my grandma's house, which was in a different city from where I was, but in the same state, it was only like four hours away. So my childhood, when I was with my grandma, and my cousins and everywhere, it was amazing because I get to do what kids do and, you know, hang out with your neighbors outside, playing, helping you, your grandma, your aunt, uncles. Um, but it was pretty good in that part. It was very uh, traumatic. I still have to say that because the while we live with my mom's ex-husband back in Mexico, yeah. it was very bad. It, it was a lot of alcohol for his part and it got to, to fights and I was very young. And then, you know, for many years, my mom took that until like yeah. I grew up and then I was like, I'm done. You're not going to touch my mom anymore. And then that's when my mom was like, I can't, we need to go. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of, I will say not even I have happiness with what I needed, but then also the traumatic experience of being in a family like that. And then I'm happy now that my mom got out away from that. I mean, it's been years since we've been here now. Right. I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of people's childhoods were. Cause like mine was like the happy moments, but as I always say, I, I started having depression at the age of 12 and like wow. I, I kept having depression till the age of 26 so as I always say the fact that I'm like still alive is a shock to me because I'm not going to say that I haven't been to a suicidal place I've been there twice it's not something I'm like super proud of but it's like something I know that like needed to happen to make me the stronger person that I am today Exactly. And you have a lot of similar stories like yours because I'm, I'm sympathized with you and the um, societal thing. And um, a lot of people don't understand that uh, we really, some people really go through some shit that we can't handle in ourselves. Um, I'm lucky to have my husband that I finally got to let everything out and explain him at some point in our lives. And now I feel a little more relaxed because I know I can count on him right. with what I'm going through because I was scared to tell other people because I will be scared of 
them thinking that I was crazy. <laughs> that why are you thinking those stuff? Why do you? What is that in your brain? And that's when I started looking for help. Because right. if you don't look for help, you know, even it doesn't have to be professional help. I will think, as long as you have a support and a family or friends, it's a really yeah. big plus on that. Right. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, what was it like for you coming out? Well, coming out was kind of like crazy, weird because um, I didn't came out until I was I moved to the United States. Um, this place was when I started drinking, and when I was like nineteen, twenty, I remember uh, my mom went to work and I was drinking. Uh, my first boyfriend ever just broke up with me. My mom didn't know I have a boyfriend or anything. So I was very sad. So she went to work. It was beers in the fridge. I would start drinking. I got drunk. And then I called my mom just saying, I miss him. I don't know what to do. And then she came home from work. And then she saw me like in the bathroom all like sad and crying. And she was like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. You're a great person. And, you know, you're going to find somebody else. And then when she said that, I was drunk, but I remember that. It, yeah. it just felt good because, you know, and our community, we have a lot of friends or people that we get to know. They they were not that lucky, you know, with right. their parents accepting them and stuff. So that was my experience that I basically told my mom, <laughs> I came out to my mom telling her that yeah. my boyfriend <laughs> broke up with me. That's also like kind of sweet because as I've said before, I'm going to repeat again. So as I said, my family, it was just my dad and my sister at this point. My mom had passed away like four months before, before I came out, but it's like, mm -hmm. They were super accepting. I had youth minister in church, which um, I basically, I came out to him, told him about this like performance idea I had with a knife, just like theatrics me. And then like, I, he left the room. He came back about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either I'm calling the cops or you're coming with me. I went with him. I got a psyche eval. I passed it. He lied, saying that, like, I said that basically I was lying, even though I passed. And what? that's when I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. For someone who lied. Uh, and, for, you yeah. see, and you see, sometimes you don't even have enemies. You don't have to have enemies around. It's people who are around you, like, they yeah. backstab you and stuff. And it's like, you're supposed to trust these people. And theoretically, and he tried to make it seem like he wasn't the bad guy, even though he was the one who said all the stuff that got me locked up. And he's like, I'll put you with this counselor. Counselor, because she definitely wasn't a therapist. Uh, who basically was like trying to pray the gay away. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I. Um, 
I can stand people like that, to be honest. I have been around people who think that just by praying and talking to God that you can change someone. Right. And it's not like that. And it's not like that at all. Like, keep you religion to yourself on your body. Yeah. Don't try to implement it in other people, people's, um, you know, feelings and, and love because you don't like them being happy. And that is essentially what it is, especially in Catholicism. It's like you say that it's wrong for two gay people to be together, but you, you're perfectly fine with what that priest is over there doing with that little kid. That you have no problem with. And it's like, it's like hypocritical much. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they don't see that. That's the thing that these people, they're just blind and one side and they just think that whatever they doing is right, correct, plus attacking other communities. Right. You know, and we all know that. We all know what is going on outside. It should be all the things that they need to worry about. As, but no, they're worried about the LGBTQ community. <laughs> yes, definitely. And there's, I'll have more of your thoughts on that later. So, yeah. what was it like for you the first time you performed in drag? The first time I performed in drag, it was in Port St. Lucie, and um, it was pretty excited. Um, I have a lot of friends showing up for my first show because I didn't plan to be a drag queen. So uh, when that happened and I got the opportunity to perform at Midtown, um, Dominique invited me. Uh, and then a lot of friends came and then I put outfits together and, you know, a beginner and everybody was like laughing. I make some money. And then I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, let's see. I mean, let's try to make more shows. But it was mostly just excitement about being in front of people and showing them what I was bringing. Right. And I was a little tiny scared, to be honest, just for whatever was going to happen and while I was doing the show. Because, you know, with my my chronic pain, I'm like, right. oh, God, like doing it at home, walking at home is different than actually having a whole restaurant, a whole stage for you to be moving around. Right. And, you know, people want bitches to move. They don't want you to stand in one place. <laughs> No, I mean, I will, s my first time, it's actually crazily enough to think about this. I actually started in a way that most drag queens don't start. I actually started at an open mic night in Orlando. Okay. So I remember I always used to be like, I had the idea of what Prince Electro Diamond was. It just it, I got. I had to get to a point where I'm like, well, I have this idea in my head. I might as well try it. So I did. And the thing is, did everybody love it? No. Did the um the performers like the the other like acoustic people like it? Yeah, because I was different. And people like musicians 
It's probably why musicians like drag queens because they like things that are different than like what is expected yeah. at a scene. So it's like I would go up there and do my electronic music and like just sing my heart out and like even some like jazz people were impressed. They're like, "Wow, you are so different than everybody else here," and I like that. And then the, eventually, there are people who just like started liking me for me. It took yes. a while for it took a while for me to perform in gay clubs because I was actually afraid to perform in front of gay people because I thought they're going to be judgmental. They are. <laughs> they're not that judgmental. Come on. Well, I mean. Oh, honey. <laughs> well, I've also gotten better in... Let's see, you said you've been doing six years, I think? Yeah. God, I have to do, I have to do the math. I always have I, to look at my calendar. I'm, all, I'm about eight. Yeah, I started in 2015. That would be eight years, I think. So I I'm, younger, I I'm younger than you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but let's not tell our real age, girl. Oh. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't speak that language. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've also heard two different ages. I heard Dominique say you were one age, and then you told me something completely different. <laughs> I am the same age as actually Dominique. Okay, so there you go. So the age you told me was correct. So like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which I'm not going to say what that is, because I'm nice. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, but of course, you see, who wears the better? <laughs> well, that's because you're, um, how do we put that? Natural? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, my jeans. It's, the, it's the Mexican jeans that I have on me that makes me look right. like... Right. You know. I, be I better stop before... I at some point asked Dominique to be on here and she sees us. Um, so, <laughs> so hey, it's life, <laughs> right? I'm too honest for my own good. So I now I know you're not a part of it now, but how did you become a part of the Taylor family? Uh, well, t going back to that yeah. name again, Dominique. Um, yeah. she is being a friend of ours and our family. Because you know she's 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 from Belize, so she's Spanish, and she was she's friends with my aunt Veronica, which is a trans woman that lives in Palm Beach. Um, and then I met Dominique through Veronica when she took me to Rebar a while ago here in Port San Lucy, and right. she was doing a show. And then you know uh, I was drinking at the time, so you know the alcohol was helping on that friendship and evolving and stuff so i know her for a long time uh my chronic pain started i did drag dominique and buy me to do shows and it got to a point when she was like i talked to bob taylor which is the father of the house of taylor and she say uh i told him about you and i wanted you to be part of our family and uh yada yada uh and it happened and it yeah. just happened um, just like that. Dominique got me into the family because she saw what I was doing and, and she put a word for me. Uh, but before that, she said that she was going to be my drag mother. And I told her that I didn't want a drag mother. But she, she explained <gasps> me why it's good to have a drag mother. And I went for it. 
uh, and that's when she added me to the the Taylor family. Okay, let me. I'm gonna ask you that question. What is the benefits of having a drag mother? Because other than me not knowing how to do eyes, and a drag mother can teach me how to do that, what else do I need? <laughs> to be honest, um, I personally gonna say that what you see nails hair stones makeup i have done a lot of research on youtube right whatever you see on me that's youtube i don't think that necessarily every drag queen is a drag mother right if you are creative and you know how to do research and I'm talking about research on you on now going to other queens and hey, I want you to teach me because that's how the whole drag mother starts. Right. They teach you and then they want to claim and they want to say, I, that's who I may, you know what I'm saying? And I see it a lot. So I, I, I think right now on my experience of doing what, six years of drag, the not everyone needs a drag mother. You need a drag sister group where you work, when you go perform, people that you know, like you and I that we met and at yes. and at Gig in Palm Beach, and and you and I start talking and, and telling us and getting to know each other. Right. And uh, you know, it gets to a point that maybe and some in the future I will give you some tips and stuff, but now because I want you to be different friendship or my drag daughter or anything like that you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah like and, and that part i totally get and it's also in some ways like i feel like you would never at least from what you're saying to me you would never want to be a drag mother to somebody which is is work <laughs> and it's and it's also as i say like there's what most drag queens are doing over here. I decided to go over here because I wanted to be different. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, as I say, when I look at like the drag scene around here, as much as I love you, love all these other drag queens, it's like I decided to go well, you've seen what I did with this podcast. I decided to go big. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to ask these people. They don't know who I am. But I'm going to like keep on begging and begging and begging people so I get somebody to say yes. Yes. And so far, I've only been told no twice. So, And, and you know what? What you just say right now is also very important that you are trying to put your name out and what you like to do. And that's yeah. what I also did when I learned drag and i was confident enough to get out of the house as a female impersonator obviously i didn't look like this when i started like everybody else um, of, of course not but like you saying you are sending messages calling people begging to be on your show that's what i did yeah. to get my name out there no i didn't stay in port st lucy i didn't stay in stewart i travel and you know i travel to palm beach i travel yeah. to fort Lauderdale myself i drive myself because yeah. that's what you need to do if you really want to get into this profession i will say to everyone you need to know how to be creative do research and promote the hell out of you 
promote yourself everywhere. Use your hashtags. That's how I'm right now. Like I, I, sometimes I go to the internet and then I just post hashtag Salma Love Taylor because yeah. that's how we're doing them. And I appear right there and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, I have my pictures if you, you know, like everything because I'm being consistent in every post and every video and like you doing right now. Yeah. You know, I've seen all these amazing people that you have been uh, interviewing and I'm like, oh, cool. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. So. And let's be clear. I love Salma. Salma waited till I got a till I got a portfolio to all of a sudden say yes to coming on here because I asked Salma back in February and she didn't respond to me. <laughs> I did. It. I thought I say yes. You did not say yes in February. No, That's why no, I had to re ask okay, so. you. <laughs> I'm just you kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, girl. <laughs> no, I know, bitch. But you know how I am. I'm like, I get in my own little world, and I'm like, bitch. If I don't smoke, I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. What's the craziest look you've designed? Oh my God, the craziest. Um, uh, let me think. Well, I, I don't know if this is a crazy one, but when I started, I did this um, Whitney Houston song and um, it's not right, but it's okay. And I created this carton heart where my whole body fit in it. And then I put put a bunch of red plastic on the front so it looked like a heart. And then I cut the heart in the front like a six sack, you know, a broken heart. So yeah. whenever I was doing my number and I came out, I opened the heart and then it was my outfit. And then I will take out that away. And everybody was like, that so is... I think that was the craziest, like kind of like, and formed like wow god that sounds amazing <laughs> it was amazing i destroyed it already because it was carton and it was taking too much space and i was like i don't want anymore i regret it now no you can't like keep stuff that's why like in some ways i like that my drag is simple so it's like Everything I've had so far, I've kept. Well, actually, that's not true. I've had to throw away shoes because, like, I am very much unlike you. I will only wear black shoes because they last forever. Like, in yeah. terms of, in terms of, like, you don't. If you get like silver shoes and you like perform in them too much, they start to get like black streaks on the shoes. So you have to buy new yeah. ones. So it's like, with black, I can wear the shit out of everything I have for like months and months and months gotcha and replace it yeah well i like all the colors <laughs> you know that well i started doing like once i started doing bodysuits i started doing colors because before that i was like very strictly black and black only like okay. i would not do i would do like a flare of like feather boa that was like pink or like something different yeah. but other than that it was very black gotcha, and it's gotcha. also because i used to be heavier when i started than i am now so it's like i kind of am okay with that i see yeah so have you ever had someone steal one of your tips no no that i have i know that i have seen yeah but no 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 
that hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it won't happen or you, you can, well, listen, yeah, one thing to mess with my dragon, another thing messing with my money. <laughs> right. Bro, you know how many walks we need to do on those heels to get like right. those dollars. Right. Actually, that is my next question. Has anyone ever inappropriately touched you in drag? Oh, yeah. Like, like, like for real, like that they want to come and like touch you. Yeah. Yes. I have a few experiences of that. And, you know, I'm a lady, so I'm always go like, listen, no, I'm not mean, but if that person keep, keep insisting on something that I don't want to do, right. then that's when I'm like, listen, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, my voice comes out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's a few. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, you had an ex you had somebody do something to one of your wigs the night we actually met, right? If I remember that correctly. Oh my god, that was the craziest thing that has ever happened to me in drag. It was nasty. <laughs> do I do you want me to tell you? I don't remember exactly what happened. Well, we, we were doing the show at the office, you know, in Port St. Lucie, and then um, we get, since they don't have a room for us to change, they gave us the bathroom. One of the yeah. bathrooms changed. So wait, wait, wait. People, that was at yeah. the office? That wasn't at Scales and Tails? No, that was at the office. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and then I'm always early. So we right. go and put the things, our, our luggage, whatever you bring, wigs into whatever we're going to change. So I was, I came out, I went and kicked it with the, with the gas and, you know, introducing myself to whoever thought in, didn't know me. Yeah. And then I was going back to the bathroom because I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting changed now to be ready. So when I go and I'm trying to open the door, it's locked. And then I'm like knocking and then another friend comes and knock really hard. And this big white guy comes out. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I have to use the bathroom. I was like, it's okay. We were not using it yet. You good. Yeah. So he leaves and I go inside the bathroom. And this thing, <laughs> because the guy obviously did the number two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I'm like, oh my God, this is, and I got my perfume and I start, you know, perfuming the whole bathroom. I start getting ready. By the time I want to put my wig, I go and turn and look at my wig. Well, the guy actually grabbed my wig and wiped his ass with it. So wow. that was the smell that it was so concentrated there because I was like, why is still like, it smell like if I'm, putting half of my bottle of perfume in the bathroom. Yeah. It was the wig that it was smeared with poop. Oh. So and I was like, what? I, I didn't know. I, I was, I didn't know how to react. I didn't say anything. I was just like, I, I was laughing. My sister came into the bathroom and she's like, what happened? And I say, look at over there. Yeah. Dude, it was bad. And it well, was one of my style wigs. That is, well, okay, my story of, like, the worst thing that happened to me in drag, it is about a wig. It isn't that bad. So I literally, when I was at, it wasn't when I lived in Orlando. It was, like, when I came back to visit, I was performing at Parliament House. And, like, 
literally i was like sitting waiting to like perform my next song and some guys like i want to see you without it literally just ripped my wig <laughs> off my head <laughs> nobody has nobody has done that to me yet <laughs> you better not because like literally i was nice that night if i was in a bad mood i would have taken my shoe off and beat him upside the head because literally grab the wig i bitch because it was i literally had to sit in the window and like fix the part in my hair and make sure it's in the center of my head because like obviously before i had performed i'd already like focused on where everything needed to be but it's like now i have to redo that because you fucked me up <laughs> i can't believe that yeah that was actually so he smashed your wig, man. <laughs> yeah that was an apartment house oh lord <laughs> yeah i know i miss that's honestly that place closing down is one of the reasons i said i would never move back to orlando like i i am someone who like when i move the next time i want to leave florida i've lived in florida my whole life i want to leave you want to try different different areas yeah. Well, everybody's leaving Florida nowadays, so. <laughs> of course. And because we'll mention this later, they fucking should be. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, so have you ever faced racism being a Mexican drag performer? No. I'm being so lucky also in that part. Yeah. I don't know why, but um I never have a problem with anyone like being like even just being Edgar, I have yeah. never had a problem of anyone coming to me and and that kind of way. Because, you know, I see it a lot. You know, in social media nowadays you can see everything. Um right. but no, no, not me. <laughs> I don't know how it will react though. You'll find out the moment. Oh, and trust so, me, my Mexican wig will come out. Well, see, my thing is, like, in terms of, like, not necessarily, like, racist, but, like, in terms of being a drag performer, like, well, you've seen me. I literally look like I could, I could beat the shit out of somebody. Like, I'm so, like, fucking huge. So, like, nobody's messing with me. Yeah, well, except bitch. for that one person, nobody's messing with me. And it's like... Because, like, I'm not a violent person, but as I always say, you fuck with me, you fuck with my friends, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So, okay, switching topics a little bit. So, what was your dating life like before you met your husband? Before I met my husband, I didn't. I was not a drag, and um, I was a hoe. I was a slut. Yes, I like to have fun a lot. I used to drink a lot. I used to go out every night. I will go to work, make my money find my friends and go out and spend the money and i did that for a long time before i met richard right 
Well, wait, you didn't they have were... to. You didn't have to go out because weren't you a bartender at one point, if I remember that correctly? Well, yeah, but I didn't want to hang out where I was working. Oh, okay. Because I it was the, because it was the restaurant, so they closed at ten p.m. So I was just going. That's what I say. I was going to work and make my money yeah. because you know the party usually starts if you're in steward, it starts around like eleven because everything closed at two. But we, we used to travel to Palm Beach, which they closed at five. So. So you can imagine that we were like partying all night and then come back home and then party part of the morning and somebody's house and then go to work. That was my life before Richard. Yeah. First of all, Selma is lying. Everything does not close at 2 2 a.m. Everything closes at 11 p.m. Like, let's get real. I've lived here my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm talking about like alcohol-wise. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you go to the distillery, they close it too, or like the yeah. the bowl, the billers, they close it too. They sell you liquor. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, because okay. we don't have a really uh, like a club in Stewart. No, there isn't. That's why it's I want. That's why I want to leave. Go, and then the the bar, some bars they stay. You know, they stay late open until two. Which that's the time. But for party party clubs, it has to be Palm Beach, and it's you know. That's where the party is, or, or South Beach, for Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly why, like, I haven't done much, like, in terms of that since I've lived here. Because it's like, there's something about having to drive an hour to go do anything, an hour to two hours to go do anything, that makes me not want to do stuff. Whereas again, I got I got spoiled living in Orlando. I lived five minutes to the Parliament House. Anytime I wanted to go, I just drove down the street. Like, yes, it was like right there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the same thing with me right now. But like, um, you know, it's just the for me. Like, I like to go out. I like to be around people to get that positivity and energy and fun, and I bring that home for the rest of you know the next day. I'm like in a good mood. Uh, and now I have a group the my family that they, they like to go out and stuff. When I do drag, they go with me, but I'm the one driving because I'm the, the sober one. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Like, I had well, fuck it, we're gonna skip to this question. So, yeah. <laughs> I had a question about drugs and alcohol, but I'll ask it now. So what is your relationship with drugs and alcohol? Okay. Uh, with alcohol, um, I have to part ways, separate ways with alcohol because, right. like I said, I used to drink and, and a lot. And when I drink, I'm happy. So I just want to have fun, meet people and all that. But it got to a point that I met Richard and alcohol was a problem because i was not respecting the boundaries of of a relationship right so uh i did a lot of damage because of my drinking on a way that i would not be home i'll be hanging out with my mom with my friends and that's the fact that i was doing a lot that i would go out and not come home for a day or two so so it got to a point that um I had to speak up why I was, what I was doing, what I was drinking, how I was feeling. And that's when I opened up to Richard finally. And, um, and that's when I decided to quit drinking actually. 
it was on my mom's birthday that I quit drinking. I took her out to Orlando, actually. Uh, yeah. We went to Amber on downtown. Uh, and then we ended up at the Parliament House, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was the last time I was in Parliament House, actually, too. The last time I drank. Wow. Yeah. So, and drugs, um, I have like, I don't know, I, I, I was going to say like everybody else, but I don't know if everybody else has tried. I have been introduced to certain drugs, but just to try it and I didn't get like the, oh, I want to add this to my alcohol because the alcohol was giving me everything that I needed. Right. It was numbing my pain, numbing my depression, numbing my whatever, everything. I was happy. Uh, my sister actually was the one who got into the Mary J and she was telling me, I was like, you should like switch up alcohol. No. So now I'm medical marijuana because of the depression yeah. and the chronic pain. Right. I don't like to smoke, to be honest. I never was a smoker for cigarettes or anything like that. I just yeah. don't like it. Uh, but now I do. But they also give you other options. So right. on drugs, I didn't get into any drug, but right now the the medical marijuana. Right. My drugs was my alcohol. That was my thing. So with alcohol, as I said, as I was trying to say before, I had like one bad night and then in terms of drugs, every I would say everything illegal I've been around, I've just uh -huh. never done it. The only thing that I abused, being, as you know, in pain before I got to the doctor, was I abused ibuprofen like crazy for four months. Okay. Like, I was taking 18 to 24 pills a day. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, but it's because you were going through something. It's yeah. Not... It was because there were times, like, I would be at work, like, before I got to the doctor and all that, where I'd be, like, mopping floors. And I'd be, like, I was in so much pain that, like, I was, like, I would rather just fall down on this floor and be taken out in a stretcher than have to finish this. Like. I hear you. It got, the, it got to that point. And it's, like. Once I, well, the doctor did his best, but eventually, like, as I was telling you, like, why I left and switched jobs is because the doctor said, okay, I've done pretty much all I can for you. You need to get a job where you're off your feet. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And then, like, as I said, around December, I'm like, you know what? This doctor's right. I put in my two weeks. And I'm glad I haven't looked back. There you go. Yeah. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, uh, with this kind of medical problems, uh, you had to try everything before, you know, like in my case, yeah. I've been pushing this back surgery for for a, probably a year or two. I don't know. And because they already told me before that I need surgery. So I'm like, and then they gave me all these pain pills that in the beginning of it, I was taking it because I w the pain was new for me, like having it right. every day, every day. So they're like, well, there you go. This is the medication that we can do for you. And I was just taking it as they were giving it to me. But I didn't like them because the way they were making me feel, your body yeah. changed. Your body changed with freaking uh, pain pills and stuff like that. Uh, and I didn't like it at all. So 
that's when my sister came and was like, oh, try this. And then I talked to my doctor about medical marijuana. Um, but I've been around all the drugs too. And, you know, right. it's not worth it, to be honest. Not even the alcohol. But I'm going to tell you something. If I could control my drinking, like by say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have just two drinks, I will keep drinking. But I know I'm not available to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, that when I do drink, that's usually what I do. But, like, in some ways, like, if we're ever out at the same place, that's why, like, you can hang out with me and know that most of the time I'm not going, I'm not going to be drinking most of the time. So it's like, because I don't know why. I just, I, especially like when I'm performing, like, with me being a singer, it's better for me to have water than it is for me to have alcohol. Like, yeah true i don't think but i know that's true yeah right so okay that actually leads to my next question so you kind of said it when did you start developing your chronic pain uh well i have pain for a while now since 2002 but it was not too crazy it will come and go for like a day or two and then i'll be like you know putting eyes getting massages it was not until 2017 actually that i was working and my pain didn't go away it was like two weeks a week or two weeks that i was working with a pain i got to a point that i was crying at work because walking was very painful yeah um and that's when we decided to look for uh, medical help and see what was happening so it's basically 2017 and december that happened november december was my first surgery on my hip wow 2017 and that surgery didn't work and then May 2018, it was just a few months, like what, five months after my first surgery, I had to have a second hip surgery. Uh, And then right now it's okay. It's not as painful as before. So yeah, chronic pain is being with me since 2017. Wow. So let's be clear out there for all the people. If you come to see Salma, she's not death dropping or doing anything like that. Not that she needs to. No, 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 no. That's what I'm like. A lot of people say that I'm a theatrical queen because I like to put more emotion and stunts and stuff like right. that to the, the numbers because obviously from what I say, I cannot really dance or jump or do a lot of yeah. those uh, amazing things that other queens do. So, and like we talked earlier, um, yeah. we all have different different ways to show what we do in an art. So, Right. Yeah, and so, I know a lot of a lot of uh, a few disabled performers and our community. They also fight every day with their disabilities, and uh, to try to be happy and do some drag, actually. And you are one of them, dude, because you yeah. are you you're with pain, and we still do. Yeah. And people people ask me, how come that she said that she's in pain, or how come that she's in pain, but she still do what she's doing? I'm like. Honey, I left my job. My my real job is not longer with me. Right. What I like to do. 
this drag happened because of what I'm going through and because it's making me happy. It's making me see how much creativity I have, not just on my makeup, it's on all different uh, areas, you know? Uh, and, it, and being at home all day, it sucks. But yeah. now that I'm doing drag and I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Let me go work in an outfit. Okay, yeah. I'm bored with that. My pain is not letting me do that. All right, let me come over here and try to do some uh, buttons for some. Uh, let me do some hair where I can be sitting down instead of standing up. Right. So right. it's a lot of things that I can distract myself. Um, I honestly, I'm not going to say that drag saved my life, but drag has been a big part of my uh, healing process on myself, on right. not being to that depression of losing everything else like you know, I used to be a coach and a CrossFit. I used to bartend. So those were my jobs. And me doing a lot of exercise, that was me. I love that. Going to run on the beach. I cannot do things like that anymore. And that's yeah. why other people don't understand. They focus on whatever they want to think when people say chronic pain. And I always going to say it. They're not going to know until they go through the same thing. And it's something where, like, you're talking about your feet. It's something that I know. Like, for example, now I have to, in every pair of heels that I wear, almost, unless I'm going to be just, like, sitting in, like, shoes, I have to have heel inserts in the heels of my shoes. And it affects the way that I can perform now. But I can still do it. In terms of, you said, doing day-to-day, -day, it's like, in terms of exercise, I know I can't run. I know I can't go to the gym. I wake up every morning and I go like power walking in the park for like 35 minutes, like before I go to work. And like, that's what I can do. That's what I know I can do. And I do it five days a week. So it's like. Exactly. I have stretches. Yeah. All I can do uh, and exercise wise is it stretches at home. So you yeah. see me on the floor for like an hour because it's a lot of them that I increment on my body like to have flexibility. And actually right. I, I've been getting a lot of, I'm being a lot of more flexible now that I'm doing this. They're kind of yoga stretches. So, and they're pretty good. It makes my back feel better. Work. Mm -hmm. So what was your husband's reaction when you told him what? Okay. I guess I phrased this question wrong. I was going to say when you told him you wanted to do drag, but it's more when you started doing drag, I guess is the better way to say that. What was his reaction? Um, I can tell you that um, it was not something that he would like me to do. And not because he doesn't like drag queens. It's just it's not something that he picture to have maybe in his life <laughs> as a right. partner you know but uh he has shown me only support so he's been very supported about my decision of doing this and keep doing it and obviously you have seen my my old place where we used to live you see yeah. salma the entire drag room uh yeah. And he has given me things, you know, that I needed for this art. Um, so I will say for how he is being with me, that he's okay with it. He deals with it right. in his own way. 
but it was not a bad reaction actually yeah i know speaking, I, I remember talking with him he doesn't like he didn't like the drama very much which is why he was never really around exactly. which i mean i get it that's why in terms of like real drag queen friends i have like drag queen acquaintances but you're like my only drag queen friend and that's love it's probably too. because love you too it's because i'm not a i'm not a huge drama person like i hate people who are like that i'd rather be like the person who's like cracking jokes and like doing all that that's more how like i like to spend my time and like how i like to be with friends not someone who's like oh my god did you hear about this i'm like is there some stuff that like i hear and it's like all of a sudden my ear grows like a chia pet and you say like say what it, but like overall i don't like i'm not yeah. a drama person i don't like that i like to hear my <laughs> people's drama yeah but I don't like to be involved in them. It's no. just, it takes too much energy of my body, to be honest. And and it changed your whole mood and your life being dramatic, I think. is Right. I mean, we've all been dramatic in some kind of point in our lives, even when we were kids, you know. <laughs> Me, why never? Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's stay away from drama right so okay this is just this is more curiosity question for me so what were your thoughts on sasha colby winning season 15 of rupaul's drag race i honestly um i have never met her i knew about her and i obviously when i saw her page and i started following her i was like this bitch is gorgeous you know as a trans woman herself is like oh she's doing she's doing something right but seeing her and drag race because i'm a fan of rap, drag race i i, I right. am um and seeing her in the competition i was like she's talented she is she was one of my my the ones that i wanted to win to be honest and my husband too we right. were like who's gonna win we like the finalist but like her winning she deserve it she yes i'm happy with it she's well, a total package right i'm not mad about that i honestly i wanted anitra to win i'll admit that but like i, I like anitra a lot too but when they did the final and and um such a kobe came with the two reveals yeah and i need to just pull the thing i was like now i'm like you see how sasha came with that big huge coat black coat and then just took it off oh girl it was well, amazing well it's because just to point out the obvious sasha's older so she's been doing drag longer so that's why maybe she's a little more polished than a nature was that's but, at least how I look at it. Yeah. But you know, uh, Anitra was very good. I mean, yeah. I think she was beautiful. Her uh dancing like bogan style is amazing. 
Right. You know, she could have taken the crown too. I just think that when they do in a show, because I see it a lot when I go and perform on other shows, when a queen brings something different, not just standing there and like, you took a week off, you took a outfit off. I always see people like that. They always get gagged with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So every time I see a final in RuPaul Drag Race, any season when a queen does that, is like you even see it on the public there watching the the finale is like gagging and screaming and yelling. But you know, like you say, Sasha has a lot of years on track and and being trans and doing competitions. Right. And let's be well, honest, that bitch had talent. <laughs> she right. was she was not scared to be ugly either. Well, to your point of why you like you liking acts that are different, it's probably why you liked, I would say, in some ways, why you liked me the first time I performed. Because, like, especially that night that we performed, almost everybody lip sync except for me and one other person. And I'm not saying this to be, like, too egotistical. I did better. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> No, we when we saw you there, Richard and I we were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "This is completely different." We, have, you know what I'm like, you saying, yeah. And that's when we start like hanging out and you yeah. know doing the thing. But again, that's Orlando coming in. Like, you don't learn how to be that kind of a perform, the kind of performer that I am when I perform from working in a small town. No, you got to learn how to be in a room full of people who are kind of like. In some ways, especially going back to the straight bar, kind of like not necessarily on your side, where you have to get them on your side. And that's mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do. No, because, you know, the expectations right now of shows or entertainment is, is being, is getting high up, high up. Like we have, what, Queens and South Beach jumping from a boss into a split. I mean, Oh yeah, I mean, I yeah. we have a TP Lords that you open the hat and a, a a drone is coming out with a big gay flag. I mean, it's very challenging. That's why I stick to performing live because I know I'm never gonna like top any of that. So it's like, let me Be just like, stick I'll in sing. my lane. Yeah, I'll sing. I'll sing. I'll rap. I'll do whatever it's to be different uh, over here. I, <laughs> right. That's what I was trying to uh, put like cute looks together when i go out and drag and and whenever i perform because i know that you know i'm not gonna be dancing or doing like a death drop or stuff like that so i have to bring something else right like right now that i this is the second time i wear it this wig the first one i wear it in um palm beach oh for latter-day i don't know but they like it the dragons are like where do you buy that and i'm like i made that and like oh my god Really? Because, you know, I think that could be a business, too. Right. Sal was so creative. I don't I don't admit, I don't make any wigs. I buy all my... My wigs are cheap, but I buy all my wigs. And technically, this is the, um... This is the second time I've worn this wig. This is the first time anybody's seen it. Because... Okay. Speaking of doing this podcast, there are times where I plan a guest... I get to the day of the interview and the guest doesn't show up. 
And that happened to me last week with um okay, you might know who this is. Do you know who Raya Latre is? Who? Raya Latre? No. Okay. So she's a drag queen, like big out in LA. I was like, okay. she has like a huge following, and I'm like, thank God I'm gonna get this person I got to day of. I was sitting here in drag. I waited a half an hour for her. She never showed up. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm oh. professional. Girl, totally. Telling you. It's a lot of those out there, too. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, have you ever suffered with body insecurities? Um, minimal. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I mean, whenever I'm getting weight, that's when I start worrying about it. Right. And then, but then I do something about it. You know, I kind of like start eating better. It helps a lot that my husband is like ninety percent vegetarian. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about. So that. I don't need. So. You know, if I don't have to eat meat, I don't have to. Or yeah. if I don't have to do, like right now, I'm staying away from gluten, like anything with flour, because I gain weight a lot. So that was yeah. a minimal of insecurities because I feel like I I do try to take care of it, so I don't right. feel like that. Right. Because I know that I would. It was to a point that I got to 200 pounds a, a while ago. And that that time period, I I didn't feel good at all. I was uncomfortable. I but that's it. when I started doing the CrossFit and stuff like that. But it's hard to, <laughs> yeah, try to keep a routine on health in America or in it Mexico, is. because yeah. us Mexicans, you know, we eat tortillas, we eat tacos, we eat all this greasy food. Well, and, and you also eat flour tortillas. You're not eating anything like you're not eating the healthy tortillas. There's no such thing in Mexico. Am I right about that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, even um, what has been helping me a lot to keep the weight that I have now and everything is my the the health, my chronic pain. Because the doctors say, yeah. if you gain more weight, the more weight that you get, the more pain you're gonna be. Right. And I stuck that in my head and I was like, I don't want more pain. I'm like, more pain than this? <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm, it is, you know. I mean, I get it. At least you never got to, like, the point that I've been at. So I had, like, this unrealistic number in my head of what I should weigh at one point. Uh -huh. And I think it was, like, I said 150 pounds. I'm like, I'm like, I'm 6'3". There's no way I could be 150 pounds. Like, that is no so completely... I would be anorexic if that was, like... <laughs> You'd be like... Yeah. So it's like, it's, I, I got to the point, it was honestly probably... It was honestly only a few months before we met that I'd got to that point where I'm like... I'm like, it's where I started wearing bodysuits and I'm like... I'm like, fuck it. This is my body as it is. Mm -hmm. It's. is. I'm going to do my best to change it. I'm going to try and eat healthy. It's not always easy. But... Yes. But you know, all this... Um, 
that we all go through and you know our body problems you can say um yeah. i feel it's everything because of what we see what other like what tv what social media always try to push uh, what is supposed to be a body you right. know and and you know i'm not a big person but i have people around me that are big like my brother weighs almost 300 pounds and we try to help him but he doesn't want the help but we try to make him understand you know we don't bully him we just like yeah. if that's who you want to be hey that's fine but remember you have to take care of your health too not just you know but right. people it's always so and being in the drag world and the entertainment world and the gay community to be honest you know how gay people are it's always trying to look good go to the gym a constant like right i want to look good because otherwise nobody's gonna look at you you know and mm. it's a problem right i would say certain exception to that because like as i always say if you're getting bigger and like you're like nobody's gonna look at me do what i do gravitate towards black guys they like an oh. ass <laughs> <laughs> But it's, I say that because because let's say when I hang on Wilton Manners, yeah, and you want to go and let's say like what everybody wants to do like if I go and I want to go hooked up I never I, I don't know why but I never have any luck like when I used to go like to Manners, you know like I'm talking about twenty no maybe 10 15 years ago uh it's been a while what since well since yeah going, no when i was single i'm talking about yeah 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 i'm thinking you've been married a while but yeah i get that yeah but and it's just like i just feel like a lot of people go to certain stereotype of body you know right right like i have day people who has like being really skinny i have day people who are like not big but like not you know average either yeah so and, and because it comes to a point that is what you see inside that person exactly you know if you want to hook up oh that's easy you know you just go and do your thing but when you want to see who real who that person is you have to spend time right instead of just looking someone across the street and say like oh no that's not my type. So you going by a, but that's what I mean about body. The, yeah. A lot of people just go what they see instead right. of trying to approach and say like, "Hey, I looked yeah. at you. It was something." Because if they looked at you, it's because it was something that it was interested on them. You know, right? But they wanna just deny things. I, that's how I think sometimes with yeah with this, you know, body thing. And in terms of, I will say this, or if you're someone out there looking for constant sex, get you a friends with benefits. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. It's actually somebody, you know, um, <laughs> anyway, so, um, I mean, I'll tell you after 
Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, cuz I'm not I'm not about outing people for No, no, shit. no, no. Let's kick you yes. separate. Yes. yes, I have standards. Um so <laughs> so um what are your Okay. So second to last question. What are your thoughts on how the LGBT community is being treated today? Um I just think that it's not just being today. It's just that yeah. people now are following this character that is actually attacking the community. And because we all know the LGTB community has suffered from a long time. We have our elders that they have fought for us, for our rights, right. for everything that we've been doing. And look at just now like i don't know how long ago a few months ago we were still on good everybody was working right drag queens were doing their thing and then this character comes and it starts stirring the pot because right. the attack on the gay community is always being there it's always gonna be there and i don't think it's gonna go nowhere because it's always gonna be hateful people sad people that they're, they're just not happy with themselves so they go and try to destroy others so uh how they're treating us right now is very horrible that's what i had to i didn't have to i wanted to go to that drag queen march in tallahassee right that's why i went to the walk on palm beach um three four weeks ago for the 500 block closure the the governor you know once don't want to cooperate with it anymore I'm getting involved in all these activities that is basically trying to support the community. And that's the way that I can do it, make presence if I can. Right. Um, but it's just horrible that people are getting fed with these things that are not real. You know, right. And it's, and it's just not the track community that they're attacking. They're attacking our trans sisters there. Right. Seriously. I mean, I'm tired of repeating this, but when you have you seen that our community are attacking kids, are attacking people, I mean, it's very rare. It's out there, but it's very rare. And I just think that it's sad that a lot of people are getting and believing these things. And it's also yeah. the fact that they're like, there are kids around. First of all, I will say this when I perform, keep your fucking kids away from my performance. Like, I literally mean this. Like, if I have a microphone and I'm doing a set, do not bring your kids because chances are I'm going to swear at some point and I'm going to do things. I'm probably going to like twerk at some point. So it's like, keep your kids away from me. Like, I am not someone who's going to like read your kids' books. Like, that sounds like a horrible way to do drag to me, but God bless the people who do. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing that uh, people need to understand that it's a lot of different drag out there and performers and it's a time and a place to do certain things. Uh, and my case when I perform with kids is when I have done prize, which for me, that's the, only place that i can think that a whole lgtv community families can come and have fun you know right. and apply uh i have done private parties where they have kids 
but obviously it's all independent. I don't sing. I don't use the microphone. I only go and lip sync. So yeah. what do I do when I ask? Is any kids gonna be in the area? I just try to bring outfits that are not too vulgar. And the songs that I know, I mean, you know, I make I, I do songs that are like classics, like yeah. pop. I don't do right. R and stuff like that with bad words. So I'm not worried about being a bad example for kids or anybody yeah. on that matter. It's just that people need to understand that. It's not that we want the kids in our area. It's just the parents that they want their kids to experience this at a young age, and it's their decision. You know, right. uh, most of the other gigs that I do, it's a nighttime, for God's sakes. Most of yeah. the drag that we do is a nighttime and some brunches, but that's every establishment yeah. rules to have kids or not. But the ones that I have work, I we usually always do twenty one and over. Yeah, you know, no kids. So every performance that I bring or that I used to bring, they do their thing. Yeah, because once you say, if you bring, let's say, a Dominique Taylor to a, a place where kids are, her drag is more sexy, more mature, more like adult. Yeah, you're not gonna want that in front of your kids because obviously she does it differently than doing another drag queen that is doing kids number like disney numbers and stuff like that yeah and that's what people i don't think understanding the drag is diversity and like you you won't read kid books to kids uh because yeah. you, you know that's why you i think that i may do it why because my husband is a librarian i'm like yeah. um i love kids i do love kids like i wish i could be have a kid like you know i wish um, as a man i could get pregnant honestly <laughs> but we understand that kids are responsibilities you know yeah. it's things and then I don't think that a government or anybody and politics should tell a parent what to do with their kids right like everybody say if you want to bring your kid to a fucking drag show to hear somebody cuss that's up to you yeah and also and like like nine times out of ten my ass is well actually no i should say it's just especially now ten times out of ten my ass is out so like <laughs> And, and, and you see you some of my outfits too sometimes they're like yeah. sexy that it's not an outfit that i will wear in front of a kid yeah you know what i'm saying so that's why is basically people saying like no you guys need to stop trying to have kids on your shows i'm like we're not trying anything we're just doing our job Whoever brings the kids are the parents. They are open-minded and they, they know there is nothing wrong with drag. Right. But, you know, why bring kids in the end, you know, if it's not like a family event? See, and that's also, that brings up the point of, that's what I miss about being in the city. Like, because I feel like in Orlando, that wasn't such like a big deal as it is here. Mm -hmm. Like at least I remember when like I, I only went to Pride once when I was in Orlando I regret it but it's like I only went once and like all of the stuff I was involved in the parade and all that first of all the the parade was corporate so it's like oh. it's basically just people handing out shit of like stuff where they put on 
pride flags and like I was the person who I will say bringing back to Orlando and like after the pole shooting it's like you all put Orlando strong on your business but in truth at least in my opinion most of y'all didn't give a fuck about us till somebody tried to shoot up a club that we were all in yeah that's how I viewed it <sighs> well if you think about it right now uh this governor that is attacking the community now when that polls happened he made a donation for the the polls thing and now he's the one who's attacking our community yeah so that tells you that he was using that uh, what happened in our community and polls to get a little name there oh i'm gonna help them but now he's the one attacking us right so you see it's just that's what i don't like to get in politics because they're just stupid <laughs> right i did i used to do a political show i don't do one anymore because like this takes up so much of my time but it's hard because it's like you do get like so angry just like looking up statistics and it's like you have to say like i'm gonna put it out here for you because clearly the mainstream news isn't doing their job so i a fucking drag queen who's sitting behind a twitch platform is having to say these facts for you because nobody else will but even if you said it yeah. these people most of the time they don't it's like they don't hear it right they have their mindset on whatever they think they believe and then if, even if you bring them the proof like yeah. everything this is what they did even videos they won't they, no that didn't happen i'm right. like <laughs> i'm like you guys are insane oh boy we could go yeah. on and on about this but i'll go to my last question so what's the biggest misconception about you uh The, I don't know. It's hard to think. What's Believe yours? It is, what, what's the biggest misconception about me? Ooh. Yeah. I always say this one, and it depends on who, whose like interview you watch. I think mm. I come off shadier in some interviews than I actually am. Gotcha. It's definitely like. When I when I interviewed like Phoenix, I remember like and like Phoenix Phoenix literally called me out on it. He's like shade. I'm like I'm like because it's some sometimes when I write things, I write things like a little bit like shadier or meaner than I actually mean them to be. <laughs> and it's like I was the person who literally asked Phoenix, "Do you have real friends?" Like that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that opened the discussion about how life is, well, how culture is in LA. I mean, uh -huh. one of the reasons I mainly book guests in LA is because A, 
every almost everybody I've hit up in Florida, except for one person who I'm having Monday, other than you, has either flaked out on their interview, said that they would come on this podcast, then every time I try and book a date, they don't get back to me, or oh. they ask me for money. Uh. And I'm just... Because... Well, I mean, you know this is a drag queen. When when you're getting paid to do something, you come into it with a different mindset than if you're doing something because you want to do something. Exactly. So how much I'm getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'll tell you the next time I see you. There's That's when you get paid. <laughs> no, I'm I got it. No. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was very excited. I told you earlier that I was excited yeah. to do this. I mean, you know, I had to do my research on podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I also, as I say, I don't run things the traditional way of, like, just Q&A. I like to, like, I mean, well, you already know me, but, like, for people who don't, it's like, this is a chance where, like, you're meeting me for the first time. I know a lot about you. You don't know a lot about me, so it's like I have, in some ways, a leg up on you. Yeah, I should like give you a chance to get to know people. It's literally one of the interviews that I know that you liked that I did was the one with Callum Hawthorne, where he literally told me he's like, if you hadn't opened up so much, I wouldn't have been willing to open up as much as well. And I'm like, well, that's my job. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that when you meet someone, even if you don't know that person, that's what I'm saying. Like when you find someone, you have to give that person the opportunity and ask questions and get to know the person. So you both can open up and be, you know, more truthful. Honest. Mm-hmm. But you do look so good. going back going back to that uh question. Yeah, I will say that uh, a lot of people probably think that I'm an asshole, but I'm not. <laughs> no, the thing is, like, because my pain, right? Depending where I am, and people who are closest to me, like my family yeah. that see me pretty much every day, they see what I'm telling you right now, and I'm always have to be apologizing. I'm like, I'm sorry if I came out to like like an asshole. It's just I'm not feeling good. And it would change my mood. You know what I'm saying? So I was thinking that. Just because well, of what I'm going through. I mean, that also may be... And again, not to belabor this point too much. It also may be because from your former drag family, they may have seen the way you're drag mother acted towards people and thought, well, that's how her children act towards people. Maybe. It's a possibility. And now I'm staying away from it. <laughs> yeah. So literally. Yeah, now, and that's what I have the love in my name now, because that's who yeah. I think I am before I got my, my situation. That I that's how I come out to people. I I want to just be loving and talking and how you doing, you know. Well, okay. Can I ask you if 
one more person left the Taylor family because I realize they don't have Taylor in their name anymore. It's one of your at least you were friends with this person at one point. Did um Citrus leave as well? No, Citrus hasn't used the Taylor family ever. Like she's really? a Taylor, but yeah. she doesn't use the the, oh. the the last name. It's the same with um Alisa Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. She uses the Taylor sometimes. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not a necessity that you need to put the last name if you choose a drag family, but Citrus never has used it. So she's still a Taylor. Work. Yes. Dark girl. She's amazing. Well, Okay, well, I guess I can ask that one last question. So has departing from the family affected any of your friendships? Uh, I don't think so, because I still, I mean, you know, we just saw each other, everybody at Pride. Um, yeah. It hasn't affected in a way that I'm still talking to them. It has affected in a way that we don't see each other as often as we used to, because I decided not to do any more gigs in Port St. Lucie for now. So that means that I don't get to hang out with them as often. Right. Like before I used to see them like every week doing right. shows here and there. Uh, but no, we're still friends. The only difference is we just don't see each other too often. Well, actually, Salma says like booking gigs. Salma, because of the back surgery, gets to have what I call a forced drag vacation. Girl, been there myself before. Like, uh, trust me, I'm like, oh god, I had to be out of commission for months now. So, like, how how long? How long? How long? Like, it's gonna be four months. Four months. Um, I'm gonna be on a brace for a month because I'm not gonna be able to. Band twist anything but walking, staying straight. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully after three, four months, four months, I should be noticing the difference on the pain. Hopefully. So uh, that well, that's got to be one of the things I know. Like you have to do it, but not necessarily. Well, should wait. You know more about prize in this area because they do stuff in May. They don't do much stuff in June, right? Mm -hmm. like in West Palm Beach and all that so like you're not really missing out on that money theoretically uh no uh it's it's as far as I know I know it's a uh a big event coming up in Palm Beach in June which is prior and prior in the block um yeah. I was actually part of it last year I did a few shows um but that's the only thing that I can think of uh that I'm gonna be missing Actually, before my pain got worse, I was going to start uh, looking for gigs in Stewart for myself and, you know, as a show director. Uh, but now I have to do this, so I have to pause everything. Right. Uh, I'm doing also my rhinestone um, little store. I've been rhinestoning a lot of stuff for sale. Uh, but now I'm going to have to stop that, too. <laughs> so basically, right. you know, my regular things, everything. <laughs> Is gonna be an old right well well girl if you start becoming a director of a show 
let 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 a let a bitch know. I may actually like, as I say, come out of semi retirement from performing to right. <laughs> performing one like obligated retirement. Well, that's the thing. When I tell people like this has been my thing because like in the last year I performed like out in public just because of being in this area. I performed two times. Like mm-hmm. this in terms of doing drag is my focus now. Like, but of course yeah. I'm, I, I miss performing too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing this. I really do. But I have, I have like every so often I'll be like, I miss performing, but doesn't happen that often. Yeah. I, I go through withdrawals when I had the surgery because I, I had my shoulder surgery last year. So I had to be out for like three months. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to do some makeup. <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy. Right. So I guess with that, pretty much, yeah, I'm done with my questions. So I guess we'll just chat for a little bit after so like i'll end the interview thank first of all thank you so much for coming thank you baby for having me with fun 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 you're welcome and this has been gay out the city i'm your host prince electro diamond and i hope you've enjoyed